Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Deadlines, new Hollywood podcast. My name, <laughs> my name is Cardi B. <laughs> my name is Dina Ray Ramos. And I'm Amanda Nduka. And for this episode, we have the showrunner and creator of Atypical on Netflix, uh, Rabia Rashid. Yes. I learned so much from this show, no, honestly. No, me too. <laughs> me too. Do you watch it, David? No, I haven't. But I kind of wanted to, after listening to the interview, it, yeah. was, it was... It's great. And it's, it's one of those, like, you know, it's 30 minutes, so it's not too long, so you can binge it really fast. But it's just, I like like you were saying, I was I learned so much about people that are on, on the, the spectrum. spectrum yeah. You know, I didn't, you know, there's... there's it, It's so funny because it's like people like to get upset about, oh, this is not our story, this, you know. But it's like, there's so many different types of people that are on, on the, the spectrum. spectrum. Yeah, and, and they have many types on the show which yeah, makes it exactly. even good, better yeah yeah and she and she uses uh actual people that on are on spe- the spectrum yeah. so it's it's definitely a groundbreaking show i i like i said i've learned a lot about about people with autism yeah. um i think that the show is funny yeah it's so funny yeah and, and it's so loving too and yeah and like they don't put uh autism as a i don't want like they they treat it as what I don't I, I guess the best way to put it is like normal or it's yeah because like, like the family is affected by it but they they're just they're still a normal yeah. family yeah and like the the brother and sister they they treat like the sister kind of bullies the yeah which because, is funny it, which but is it's like, like she normal. treats them like yeah. I mean it's, it's I mean that's how that's it's how, that's how it is when you're yeah, in a family exactly right? and they have real problems yeah like the, the, I don't want to like say like the whole plot and what happens in the no series. let's do it no <laughs> <laughs> but like the the uh, Michael Rappaport and uh, Jennifer Jason yeah, they, they have like I, their issues, funny. and it's a really good show. I, I, mean, I love. Do you do you follow Michael on Instagram? He, <laughs> he has like these rants that he does. He really <laughs> recently ranted at on Kanye. Kanye yes. <laughs> I've been you know rewatching Friends, and I'm currently oh, like yeah. on the episode <laughs> where he's Gary. And yes, he, wait, and then he shoots the bird. Or, oh, spoiler! Yeah. No, I mean, it's I'm Friends. Thirty years. Yeah. I know. Thirty years. But he years has like. I mean, he plays like kind of like the same characters on like because he's like the very like strong i guess like brooklyn like, like kind of rough around the edges yeah kind yeah of but like, he's so funny though and yeah. I, he's so like i love the show he has it shows him in a different i feel like this show kind of gives him a different like yeah yeah he still has his but yeah. he's also kind of he's a good father i think yeah well, i'm sure i'm sure he's a good father in real life <laughs> yeah. but you know yeah. what i mean uh but yeah uh ravia was her story is so interesting too mm-hmm. like how she became it's like it's not like she just fell into mm-hmm, writing because mm-hmm. she was on Will and Grace she's written like and then so before that shows. she didn't she was working at a nonprofit. yeah so like she didn't even jump right into you know get right into the whole writing and, thing and then, right after school and then she was saying that her, her parents were hippies yeah <laughs> but yeah and then and then it has a really the, 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 it's setting up a really kind of nice LGBT story too for this yeah. for this spoiler, uh, spoiler. <laughs> I'm not gonna I mean I'm not gonna say, say like, who or just, what is yeah. I feel like it's Really incorporating a Don't lot of say these. whether it's an L, a G, a B, or a T. <laughs> no, but, Leave that at yeah. least. Yeah, no, no. For yeah, us we to talk discover. about that in the episode. So spoiler about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There is a bit, a yeah, little so bit of spoiler. It, but I think it's the show, the the, it's season two. It's out right now. It's like I said, it's a really easy bingeable. It's thirty minutes. Like and it's, it's just well. Eight, well, yeah. eight was the first. I think they did ten for the yeah. second epi- uh, second season. But it's really, it's a really nice Saturday. Like when you have nothing to do, like it's nice, a nice little binge. Yeah, and it's worthy. It's not heavy and it's not light. Yeah. It's just like it reminds me of kind of old school sitcom yeah, you know, kind TV. Of, like yeah. it's just really good, good TV. Family yeah. TV, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, so here is Rabia. 
being here. Um, congrats on season two for Thank a couple yes. that's currently on Netflix. Um, but what I read and I found this really interesting that you started out as an, in a nonprofit organization. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So was was showbiz always the 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 route, or was there what what inspired you to get into? Um, I've been writing plays mm-hmm. since I was a, a little kid. So uh, in second grade, I wrote a play that we performed for the kindergarten. Mm-hmm. My mom <laughs> typed it on her like little oh, nice. typewriter, <laughs> and my brother was in it, and my best friend was in it. I was the witch. I sang songs. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, so I've been writing my pretty much my whole life, mm-hmm. like writing stories, writing plays. I, I've always really liked plays. Um, but I took out a ton of student loans mm-hmm. and didn't, you know, I paid for college on my own. So I just needed to get out of um, school and get a job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, one of the first, and so I majored in education. And mm-hmm. one of the first jobs I found was um, at this amazing organization called the Posse Foundation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember when Obama won the Nobel Peace Prize? And yeah, he divided oh, the, the, it up. The good days. He divided it up with uh, between three nonprofits. So this was one of the oh, nice. nonprofits. It's called the Posse Foundation. It sends kids to school on scholarships. So, oh and at the same time, I was writing um, on my own. Yeah. Weirdly, I think back to that time now, and I was doing every week. I would meet with these groups of ten kids mm-hmm. and train them to be a group so they would for a year get together they all came from different high schools mm-hmm, so they'd get mm-hmm. together every week I they, we would talk about concepts we'd talk about race we would talk about gender mm-hmm. we would talk about um affluence and how mm-hmm. that affected their lives oh my and, god and then That's they went good. to college mm-hmm. all together mm-hmm. and i look back at that now and i was like oh i was running a room like yeah. i was running yeah. a writer's room like it really was <laughs> oh, such cool. yeah. great without even knowing it, it was such great prep for being a showrunner yeah, so yeah. it it really and it, it, that wasn't in my head at the time yeah. but and then I applied to grad school at NYU mm-hmm. and uh, that's when I first started TV writing when I was at NYU mm-hmm. and I the second I got into a TV writing class I was like oh this is it this yeah. is the form for me this is how I so it was kind of like organic kinda, yeah. yeah it was mm-hmm. yeah it was pretty organic and so was it like when you were younger you're like okay I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a writer of some sort you just didn't really know what okay so I wrote a novel in um, Gosh. Third and fourth grade. Okay. <laughs> so you've been writing plays no. since, since diapers. Since you were in the womb, you I'm were writing such plays. Such a dorky guy. I have no like no interest in being in front of the camera, yeah, or in front yeah, of the yeah. microphone. Like I was so nervous mm-hmm. about this interview. But um, <laughs> but like the writing, I've, I've always just always done. But yeah, I wrote a, a novel. One one of them was called uh, Aunt Maud's Sleepaway Camp. It's still wow. on the. <laughs> Bookshelf in all my uncle and aunt's houses. Wait, so it's like bound and everything? Well, it's like, you a know, staple? those like spirals. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's bound. And, that, and I like drew the cover oh. and I'm a terrible oh, artist. <laughs> no, it's awful. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but I, so I, I think in one of those, <laughs> they had an ab- about the author section and mm-hmm. I think it said Robbie wants to be uh, a novelist and a pediatrician. And I actually oh, nice. considered <laughs> being a doctor for two seconds and then I took a chemistry class in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Like, yeah. No, 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 no. Was it the O-Chem class? That's what yeah. I took. Oh, oh I don't actually think I got to that, o- that class. You, what, you got to O-Chem? Yeah, yeah. I, got yeah. To, I got to O-Chem too. That's oh, amazing. You Mine was intro. Mine was intro. Yeah, I started off I started off as pre-med and I went to the chemistry I went to my first chemistry class and I was all, what the hell? And I was all, this is not high school chemistry. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was rough. But I pushed it. So, was there anybody in particular that you, you looked up to, like any writers that kind of like you you inspired to be like, or somebody that you em- wanted to like emulate or anything? 
Yeah, you know, it's a it's an interesting question for me because I I have a lot of answers to that because I'm biracial mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, it's not. I never really felt like you know my dad is Pakistani, my mom's white, English, mm-hmm. Irish, mm-hmm. but he's like not traditional at all. He's kind of, he came here when he was sixteen. He's a mm-hmm. hippie. Mm-hmm. Like oh, awesome! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've never heard of a, a Pakistan hippie. Yeah, <laughs> he totally is. He like lives in Vermont. Oh, and nice. like, yeah. Um, but he, so I never felt like, oh, this person represents me demographically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. so it was a lot of like, um, I, but I did get to pull stuff from a lot of different sources. Like, mm-hmm. um, and sort of on a personal level, I think my mom was really inspiring to mm-hmm. me. You know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up and she would work the night shift and my dad would work the day shift. So somebody was always sleeping mm-hmm. and somebody was always working, mm-hmm. but still she managed to like type up my plays and, you know, get those little spiral things to buy oh my, my stupid God, books and, so you know like she was she really made me feel like my voice mattered mm-hmm. and that wasn't a message I got a lot at mm-hmm. that time so mm-hmm. that was really nice and then uh you know just throughout my life I feel like I stumble upon like I remember reading um the house of spirits Isabella Isabella Allende's mm-hmm. book for the first time and like the magical realism was so exciting mm-hmm. to me and the female voice was so exciting to me and uh, Tony Kushner's Angels in America. Mm-hmm. I was like, that was so cool and yeah. like, beautiful and interesting and different. And but but it's a huge range. Like Friends was so inspiring to me, and just how grounded that was, and how the comedy comes out of character, and mm-hmm. how you cry and laugh at the same time, which I think ideally is how you experience atypical. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jhumpa Lahiri, who wrote The Namesake. Like, uh, there's just oh, like yeah. a lot of. Yeah. Um, I can't. Yeah. So so. Uh, I feel like I sort of threw out my life of inspiration <laughs> yeah. from a lot of different places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so you're, you're the showrunner of Atypical, and you worked on shows like The Goldbergs, and then you also worked uh, on a show, you, I think, uh, that I kind of actually liked, Aliens in America. For like a, When was that? How long ago was Aliens oh in America? Oh my gosh, 10 was years? It ten, was it 10 mm-hmm. years? Yeah. And I remember watching that, and I was like, oh, this, I, I love that show. <laughs> um, but all of them are these like kind of coming-of-age stories. Um, but how do those kinds of stories, those shows, how do they reflect kind of your coming of age? I'm sure they didn't like mimic exactly, but I'm sure there's parts of you in them. But so how do how do those kinds of show reflect? No, that's your a really of interesting age? question. Yeah. I was thinking about. Uh, I got my first job, my first TV writing job on Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. Three days after I graduated from grad school. Oh, that's so. So lucky. <laughs> it was bizarre. Yeah. My, I had. On f- my graduation was on Sunday, and the Wednesday before, I got a call from an agent I had never spoken to before. Wow. My teacher had given her a sample, and she said, I might be able to get you an interview on Will & Grace. Can you come to L.A.? I was like, yeah, I can come to L.A. And then I immediately <laughs> called my mom, who was on a Greyhound. Yeah. I was like, can you buy me a ticket to L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> um, and she did, and I got the... So this was Wednesday, and Friday was my interview, and I flew red-eye to red-eye. I flew to um, LAX, and then I drove to Dupar's, the Dupar's parking lot. I put on my little outfit that I had bought at the Gap for the interview. <laughs> and I went in, and it was... A, it was a, I, I kind of blacked out the interview, so I have no idea what I yeah, said or what yeah. they said, but it, it, it worked. Was it worked. Right? And then on Sunday, I graduated, and then on Monday... You started. You started. I was watching a movie with some friends. It was Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, my God! <laughs> and I got the call that I had gotten the job. Oh, my And my gosh. now husband at the time, we had been dating for six months, mm-hmm. and we moved here together. So oh that was like gosh. a whole intense yeah thing. crazy so time I d- my moving to LA was such a coming of age for mm-hmm. me. yeah exactly I never thought like I 
you know, I, I describe having always written, and it seems like, oh, here's this person who's now successful and like always knew what she wanted, but that's not true at mm -hmm. all. Like I was this girl who didn't really have, feel like I had a voice, and I found it when I was writing, and that was mm -hmm. the only time I really felt comfortable in my skin, but I never thought this is my career. I thought like, oh, I'll do some job that I kind of like, and then I'll write on the side, mm -hmm. or at one point I was dating this guy who was like an international doctor, and I'm like, I'll follow him around, yeah. and I'll write <laughs> 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 little plays in like villages. Okay. And, uh, and then it was only when I got to grad school that I was like, oh, I can invest in myself and yeah. in this and believe this dream and have this dream. Yeah. Um, so coming to LA and working on these shows was such a coming of age, and, and then, you know, starting at a show like Will and Grace, the final season. Oh, that was, oh. so it was the final, final season. season of Will no and pressure. Grace. <laughs> I mean, it was so intense. Yeah. And I'm such a perfectionist and so so anxious by nature that yeah. it was like I was I was silent for like the first half of the mm. job. Like wow. I was yeah. so scared. And then uh, one of the showrunners brought me into his office and said. Uh, What's up? Do you want to do this job? Yeah. You, and I burst into tears. Aww. And I said everything that I was feeling. And uh, from then on, it was so much better. Yeah. Because you had that release. I yeah. had that yeah. release, yeah. and he gave me the best advice. He said, and I would say this to any writer who wants to like do a good job on a show, every day I would take the script home at night, and I would write jokes, or I would write pitches along the side. And once I had that little like building block, mm -hmm. I could come into work and feel comfortable and feel confident and that really it was great yeah it was um so yeah I had a real coming of age coming to coming to LA and yeah. then and then I had a show that was the opposite where it was super easy and mm -hmm. then it was Angels in America or Aliens in America mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh and that was I mean that was like a literal coming of age story so yeah, it was, yeah yeah it was really fun I think um I think they expected me to know more about Islam than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think they saw my name and were like... They're like, oh, let's hire her. Yeah, because it's about like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Islamic Muslim exchange student. And uh, I tried to tell them. I was like, I, I you know... You don't know? Dad's like, a hippie. Yeah. You're barking up the not. wrong tree. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, I think, <laughs> I think they really like, like got it when mm -hmm. I came in with printed Wikipedia pages about <laughs> Ramadan. <laughs> like, nice. Apparently. Nice. <laughs> so then they hired At least, at least you're prepared, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you have, like, this, like, life of kind of, you know, college to, you know, L.A. Like, that's, like, a life a lot of writers dream of. Like, yeah. you got interviewed, got the job the next day. Or not the next day, but, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, I did have. So I did college three or four years where I was working grad school mm -hmm. okay, yeah, so yeah. Okay. I feel like I got to be a that grown up yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit and kind okay. of struggle a little bit Good. but yeah and I think that for a lot of people that I went to grad school with including my husband mm -hmm. it was a, it was like a little like whoa how did she get that so quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. hard it is yeah mm -hmm. it is any I think anything in this business it's hard to like get something off the bat you know you yeah. come here and you struggle for like months and some people years so that's great some people He's, came here 20 years ago right yeah it's kind of sad um, we, um I, I I have to say that is such a atypical it's something we we talk about so much is like I just I feel like if somebody makes my job easier and does a really good job, I want to promote them mm -hmm, because it's mm -hmm. a hard business. And mm. I, the, our track record has been great. We mm -hmm. promoted a writer's assistant last year. We promoted an assistant editor last year. And it's just like they're amazing mm -hmm. and they make my life easier. And I feel like if this industry is going to and can change, we have to do more of that. Yeah, like, of course, exactly. Yeah. What's the most challenging part, like going from a writer to like the showrunner and like the boss of the show? Um, 
there's just so many voices. Yeah. You know, I probably get 90 emails a day. Oh, wow. Um, and there's just too much to do. There's too much. It's it's too big of a job for one mm-hmm. human to do. Mm-hmm. So even if you're good at all the different parts of it, which is a whole other thing, mm-hmm. there's too many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone, all your department heads, everybody needs to be really good at their job or mm-hmm. else your job is 10 times harder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's learning how to hire good people, learning to trust your gut about that and what you want a staff to look like, and talking about everything for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, me and my producer we we just like we take these long walks and we just talk about everything in between takes or whatever like how do you think everyone's feeling have you seen your kid enough this week mm-hmm. oh, like, good. I know, like right? it's really yeah. about and yeah. it's a lot about that a lot about like um taking care of yourself yeah season one i was on a heart monitor by the end like yeah because i um i did everything and i you know, everything, I never missed a deadline, I got stuff in early, but I, like, paid no attention to my health. Yeah. And, I, and you know, you don't eat well when you're on set, and it's just, there's just Cheetos everywhere. Yeah. It's just, yeah. like, a mess. It's not that bad. No. <laughs> but for months on end, yeah, 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 exactly. your heart starts to Exactly. No, yeah. Yeah, the Cheetos sense. starts to catch, <laughs> up, catch up to you. Um, so I think that was sort of the most challenging, is, like, for somebody like me, who's um, kind of a straight a student yeah. just being okay with like delegating asking for help yeah telling, like taking breaks when i need to going to bed at a decent hour mm-hmm. when i need to we're not coming in at 6 30 in the morning mm-hmm. one day or whatever yeah, yeah. um and then season two was just it was night and day it was so much easier yeah. because i was you kind of got your groove open yeah, about yeah, that yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then like the, i guess right, right now hollywood's like kind of having this moment where they're taking like a hit uh, when it comes to casting, specifically like casting, you know, people that fit the description of the character, casting like actual people. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, and you've you've addressed this before. You, you know, you, you, um, I read that you auditioned both um, people on the spectrum and um, neurotypical uh, 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 talent. But from a, I guess from a pragmatic standpoint, the argument is always like, you know what? If you don't, I know for like that the recent. I don't know if you you heard about the recent thing that happened with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Um, and how they took her off, or she decided to step down from um, the rug, rub and tug because there was a, there was heated discussion about her not being transgender. Trans, yeah. yeah. But um, a lot of people argue that you know if if you don't have this person attached to the show, it's not going to get made and the story's not going to be told. Um, what do you what are your feelings on on that? And is it something that we I mean people should consider when they're thinking about like getting on Twitter and and, and causing like an uproar of, of I guess distaste for something? Yeah, no, it's such a complicated question. Yeah. It's one I've thought about so much doing a show about a main character on the autism sector because season one, that was pro- we were pretty well received. the reviews mm-hmm. were really good, mm-hmm. but I'd say the main criticism was, we didn't have enough autistic representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, char- the character who plays the main character is neurotypical. We mm-hmm. did, like you said, we did audition people on the spectrum and neurotypicals for that role. And we ended up casting one of the uh, one of the autistic actors in a different role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew going into season two that that was something I wanted to address. So we actually ended up in season two hiring a dozen autistic actors yeah. in speaking roles and actually autistic actors to play neurotypical roles, which I think is really mm. important. Oh, really? Okay. Um, 
and we ha- we hired a consultant with autism who reads all the scripts and comes to set and oh, um, watches all the cuts. Yeah. And it's helped. Yeah, it's it's helped and it's lovely and I I just I love it. I at this you know so it's it's a complicated thing because do at Kier who plays Sam mm-hmm. he crushes it. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's so, so good. he's amazing. He's, yeah. he's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. he's excellent in it. Mm. And and uh, and I. I I this season, knock on wood, haven't heard a lot of complaints like yeah. that. So I feel like it's a there's a balance. Yeah. And um we you know, I, I always feel a little claustrophobic when people say when when the argument starts to get um when it starts to be directed toward writing, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you can only write your story. Yeah. Cause I'm I make shit up. I'm yeah, a writer. Exactly. Like that's what we do exactly. and it, it starts to feel like you don't want to creatively um, handcuff people, yeah, because then art starts looking not as good. And yeah, no, I agree. I think there's a thin line. Like I get, I get the argument about it, but I also like for for I never, I've never seen a story like this before. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I went to school with kids that had autism, but I never knew what the daily struggle was because I don't have anybody in my family nor like anybody close to that that is with is on the spectrum. So. I mean, it's I've learned so much from watching this, mm-hmm. and I know that you know his story is one story. There's people that are high functioning. You know, there's different, um, there's different. Yeah, it's a spectrum. There's different um, ends to it. But just like just knowing that the story, knowing somebody's, like how a day to day might look. You know, yeah. I think I think it's you know to me it's very. It's very educational. Yeah. I, I mean, it's entertaining too. I think it's. I think the characters are funny. I think that yeah. family. The, fun- the family is so interesting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and I think yeah, going off of that, it's just. This is kind of why we need store good storytellers mm-hmm. and inclusive storytelling, um, and like it just kind of helps us understand human beings better exactly. and helps us coexist. You know, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, yeah. I think you get you get in trouble a lot of times when you listen to a lot of like the outside chatter about oh this is how you know you should write this. It's, I mean, it, it, you're right. It stifles a creative process. So obviously everybody's not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. But I think like the I guess the the bigger picture is what is the show actually doing for. You know, for the yeah, for the, for the, for the yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and it, it is. I mean, I get it mm-hmm. because voices, specific voices, have been silenced for so yeah, long. Exactly. But we don't want to comp. So we, I, I want to hear more of those voices. Mm-hmm. We also don't want to say only those voices can tell those the stories. stories. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So like when ca- like when I was watching this show, what I noticed is that you know, yes, it's kind of like a white family at the center, but surrounding them, it's it looks like real life. You know. Um, so when you were doing the show, when you were casting the show, were you mindfully being like inclusive where, you know, you cast, you know, actors like Amy Okuda and Raul Castillo, were you really mindfully, you know, saying, I want this is how the, I want this world to look like? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, honestly, I don't know if I realized it at the time, but I think I made this show for 14-year-old me. Like, mm-hmm. the, the teenage me who didn't see myself or the world I lived in represented on TV. And that... Uh, when we were casting, actually, when we were casting the Gardner family, they weren't necessarily white. Mm-hmm. Like we we were looking for. We ended up finding Jennifer Jason Lee first, mm-hmm. and we were what so grateful. Yeah, oh I know God. she's so amazing, but um, but I, it was never in my head that that family had to be white. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that ended. Jennifer, we found Jennifer. We found Kier, and so that kind of dictated yeah, that. But yeah. but it was important to me that the rest of the world was pretty diverse, and I feel lucky that. I feel like my definition of diversity has broadened so much doing this show. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, and I think we need to look at that as a 
as a culture. Like mm -hmm. it's n diversity, not just about race exactly. and you know it and gender. Like having so many people with disabilities on the show this year, and we've started um, auditioning people with disabilities, and not just on the spectrum, but all different disabilities mm -hmm. for for any like sort of smaller role, mm -hmm. and it's been awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and just different sort of points of view. Mm -hmm. You know, we have it, it's that's been super helpful to me to mm -hmm. kind of. I thought I kind of was as di like diversity conscious as you can get, and mm -hmm. it was cool to mm -hmm. like learn more. Yeah, yeah, especially with like you know, spoiler alert for Casey's storyline, what happens yeah. at the end. You know, I mean, you kind of felt this bond between her and her friend coming, yeah. and then like you see what happens. Like, what, what was was her character? Did you already have that in mind for her character, or was so that like kind of a gradual thing? I sat down in my office in between season one and season two and her whole storyline came to me in a rush mm. like I just there is something that I love so much about the teenage girl friendship mm -hmm. that I don't feel like is always represented on TV and um, and I I say that sort of separate from the love story a little bit mm -hmm. where they're they're mm -hmm. just I remember that feeling so well where you meet a friend yeah and when it's you're like, a teenager yeah. and it's like this you is bond yeah yeah like, like, yeah it's like an intense a, bond it's so intense yeah and it's like I, when i moved to i moved to vermont northern mm -hmm. vermont because of my hippie dad <laughs> when i was 14 and i left my best friend and i found recently this poem that i had written for her called like forgotten friendship or something it was like <laughs> so melodramatic <laughs> and earnest yeah. but it was like my heart was like yeah. Broke. It's I, a different kind of romance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, by the way, is still a really good friend, and she's watched eight, season two of Atypical, I think, three times. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, telling that story of these girls who, the, this kind of friendship, which I just don't feel like I've seen that mm -hmm. that often, mm -hmm. yeah. um, was super exciting to me. And then the love story came pretty organically. It, it just sort of felt like Evan and Casey's relationship is so wonderful. It's kind of. Um, he is kind of my husband. Yeah. In fact, one of my friends said, did you just bring Mike into casting and say, give me a younger one of these? <laughs> <laughs> and I know, like, I love that that relationship so much. And uh, I was like, what, who else could there be for her? Yeah. Like, she's not going to, there's no other guy that's yeah. in this, at this point in her life, it's going to be so perfect. But I was like, yeah, but maybe there's this other part of her that she's that she, not yeah. explored yet. Not explored yeah. yet. And uh, I actually mentioned it to the actress, to Bridget, when mm -hmm. we, we had um, lunch one day before we started shooting, and I mm -hmm. told her that this was what we were thinking yeah, about yeah. doing, and she was so happy. Yeah. She got tears in her eyes. She oh. was so happy, and it was so no. like validating yeah. for me. Yeah. It seems so, like it seemed like an, an organic move. Like, yeah. Yeah. This, this, makes, like, this makes a lot of like, sense. Because like, they hated each other at first, yeah. of course. Yeah. And then you, you see that storyline a lot, but then they realize, oh my God, we're not so different, you yeah. and I, you know? Yeah. And then it's... that bond goes stronger and stronger. And I kind of like it, like there's something about when enemies become friends in right. like, any TV show mm -hmm. or movie that mm -hmm. makes me feel good. So that's why I like kind of Casey's journey in this. Well, and Evan yeah. balances her in a nice way. Mm -hmm. Like he's, she's so kind of intense and sort of um, fiery and he's so chill yeah. and kind of whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and the uh, reason, kind of, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Izzy is more like her. Mm -hmm. Like, has the same goals to get out of there and is very, like, oh, yeah, motivated. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, And so you could see how she's drawn to both, mm -hmm. I, I hope. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you think the show could live on, like, a network? Um, I don't... I, I Maybe now that the tone is established, yeah. 
Uh, but like when it first started, do you think? Yeah. yeah. So the the great thing about Netflix and Sony, who's our studio, mm-hmm. is they've they've never they've never been hard on the tone. They've always respected it. They've always been sort of guardians of it for me. And uh, I, it's a weird tone, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Now we've had two seasons of it. There are more shows that are coming out that are a little more similar in terms of blending comedy and drama in mm-hmm. that way. But um, at the time. I, it was a hard tone to sort of convey, even mm-hmm. when I had a pilot written. Um, so maybe now yeah. mm-hmm. that you know the show is what it is, but yeah. in its nascent phase, I feel like I worry that it maybe would have gotten yeah. changed. Yeah, I think we, we were arguing about like, can you say hand job? Yeah, yeah. Can, can you say <laughs> hand job on, on, on like ABC or something? Like, can you say that? I thought you. I think you can. Yeah. I don't know if I. I don't know. Yeah, we have to go to the uh, interwebs for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but it's like. What I was when I was watching a when I've been watching a typical, of course, not just because Kier's in it, but uh, the tone really felt like United States of Terra for yeah. me. Yeah, I, 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 and then kind of that family dynamic mm-hmm. where it's kind of dysfunctional, but not really. Mm-hmm. I really and it, that kind of that's that's how I felt yeah. when I was watching. I don't know if that, that's what when you when you were uh, when y'all were doing it or when y'all were making it, if that kind of was what you were pulling from or if like you've gotten compared, I'm sure you've gotten comparisons like that before. Uh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I actually have it. Oh really? And, and, no. And I haven't really watched it. So I, but I, I, I hear that it's awesome and it's on my list. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I have not seen it, but I, uh, yeah, I, I get the sort of that kind of like family all talking over each other mm-hmm. and, uh, being so tired of each other, but also having they, so much love yeah. and yeah. loyalty. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of comedy in that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, before just to wrap up, what's next for you? I know they haven't announced their season three yet, but if yeah. if I you want to tell, if, if you, you want to break that news here, <laughs> this is deadline. If I got a phone call, I would let you know. Um. But if okay, so if there, do you do you know where you want to go in season three, and can you just give us like a little tease? No. I, oh, I, I, no and no. Okay. You know what? I really no like no. Know. I really try to kind of rest my brain in between. Mm -hmm. And and so if you, you guys have watched. Yes. So there will definitely be some sort of Sam on his own Mm -hmm. element. And each season, like I said, I'm kind of a nerd. So each season has like a um, a thematic goal Mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. So season one, he was looking for love. Season two, he was looking for independence. I don't know what it's going to be in season three, but it'll be something different. Mm. Um. And so, yeah, that's all I kind of know. I, yeah. I I really try not to think about it in between. Because yeah, no, that makes it sense. Feels, I feel like superstitious about it or yeah, something. Yeah. I don't want to get too excited and then not have it. I mean, well, yeah. Well, it has to I mean, I'm, I'm confident in Will. <laughs> We're just putting out, because, like, We're I want to see, like, I don't want to be. I definitely want to see Casey's storyline. Like, yeah. I really want to see more of that. I was, ve- that was very, like, I was captivated. I'm when I heard so this happy to hear yeah. that. Yeah. That's so great. And so. I mean, I just. It's just a world that I would per- like. There's there's not many shows that I would want to live in. Atypical is one of them. For yeah, some, it's like that's it's awesome. this. There's this. There's a small heightened sense of reality in, in this. Yeah, in this show. very. Totally. Yeah, there's a scant. Like it seems like a fantasy, but not. But I I, I enjoy it, and I think watching Kier just do his thing. I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. So we, we like to end the interview with just like fun questions yeah. to kind of like say the title. <laughs> oh, sorry. It it's is. called it's called this this section is called the facts. The yeah. FAQs. <laughs> I'm really proud of that. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously your show's on Netflix. So we gotta ask you, what are you currently now that you you have a little bit of a break? Yeah. What are you currently binging? Um, 
Well, there is a show on Netflix that we are watching called uh, The End of the Fucking World. Oh my oh, god, yes. So it's good. So I don't know good. if I'm supposed to say the you know, you can, you can yeah, say yeah. It. Um, it's so great. It's I love so it so good. much. Yeah, yeah. Who's in that who's in that one? Um, it's uh, they're British so good those, yeah. two, <laughs> those two kids oh my god I don't know their names and it, it's, just, uh, it's a British show yeah, yeah. okay and, and they, they do uh, usually good shows I don't want to say it's toxic but it kind of yeah, it, like toxic it's comedy so, it's, it's so weird speaking of tone like, yeah, yeah it's very unapologetic yeah. for what it is you know I just discovered this show on Netflix that I'm, I'm it, even though it's only six episodes it was hilarious it's called um, Magic for Humankind wait oh my god I've never that? even heard what? of it Magic isn't it for humankind for mankind or human what is it? Is this like a sitcom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, magic for humans. I think I thought it was human. Wait, is this, okay. this this guy who's going around the doing magic, magic show? Yeah, he does, so he's like a host and he does magic. He's a comedian. And he does oh yeah, magic, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like does it on the street and he there's this one episode that he made somebody think, think that they're, they're invisible. invisible. Yes. Oh my gosh, hilarious! Right. You have this guy yeah. was freaky. Like he actually magic thought he was. Magic for you, like, Yeah, no, it's a really and it's, it's only six, six episodes, yeah, yeah. less than thirty minutes, so it's like a quick binge, but yeah. it's really good. I didn't. I I watched it, but I didn't know the title. Yeah, I watched. That's what I. I just saw magic. Yeah, magic for you. We're watching. Watching a t- catastrophe. Oh, oh on, on, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amazon. That that's that's a okay. That's an Amazon original. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, really I, heard, I didn't even hear that one. Yeah. Um, so Sam is obsessed with penguins. And <laughs> He's obsessed <laughs> with animals, but and like animals specifically and, penguins. You know, Antarctica and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a typical. But what were you obsessed with when you were growing up, and are you still obsessed with it now? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, we ask the, the hard hitting <laughs> questions on New Hollywood. I was uh yes i was i was a i was a bookworm mm-hmm. i was really obsessed with reading and i got a lot of shit for it from my family i was oh, really it was like my parents reading love you. in my <laughs> room and my like family members were like get out and play yeah, I, they no. didn't want to get Would out and play bring- i was like I have. I'm like super uncoordinated. I was so gangly at the time. Uh-huh. I, and my poor kid. He's he's the same way. Uh-huh. He's like covered in bruises all the time. Uh-huh. But I I I was and I'm still like my my bed has like ton like piles and piles of books next wow. to it. Like I'm a real. I'm a real reader. Yeah. Were you like a kid who bought your book with you, a book with you everywhere? Everywhere. That's like my nephew. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And oh. I and, and if I wasn't reading, I was writing in my Ramona Quimby diary. <gasps> Ramona <Yeah>. and Beezus <laughs> represent. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? I mean, what are you reading now? Uh, I am reading a book called Never Let Me Go. Oh, the um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was based on the movie came out like a couple years ago. Yes, What's which I author? never saw. The, the I Japanese forget. author. He's yeah. a Japanese author, and I can't remember his it's name. It's a really heavy read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, never it let just me go. Started, yeah, yeah okay. it's quite good. Okay. One of my favorite books this year was a graphic novel. I also don't remember her name, but um, my favorite thing is Monsters. Have okay. you guys read that? Yeah. I feel like she deserves all the accolades. It's such oh, an amazing wow. book. I'm it's so, what is it called so, again? It's called My Favorite Thing is Monsters. Oh, okay. so it's one of my favorite books. My, favorite my husband bought it for me because he was like, I bet you would like this. It's okay. like, it's giant. Uh. It's a giant graphic <laughs> novel. And it's so good. I'm trying to currently buy a like kind of a, the hardback first edition of If Bill Street Could Talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> just That's and I've been book. trying to find it and they're really expensive. I'm like, oh, I might just get the paperback. <laughs> I'm fine. Just they're like in two. It. It's like two. It could, but it, the the font's so pretty. There's like a kind 
kind of that yeah. romance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I should read. And that book is not even that long. I could, you could probably read it before the movie comes yeah. out. Yeah. I feel like I've read great books this summer. I read yeah. Sing, Unburied Sing. Did you guys read Mm-mm. that? <laughs> Jasmine Ward, I think, wrote it. Yeah, you you so probably good. read more you, than you read, me. You read a lot more than you me. You would not <laughs> think that I had a small child. You <laughs> oh, that yeah. I read. I just don't sleep that much. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Um, so what's, uh, what's currently on your be- bucket list that you haven't checked off yet? Out to do in yeah. my life. Um, I, w- I want to take a 200-hour yoga teacher training. Oh, wow. Oh, so you want to teach yoga? I don't want to teach oh, you just want to <laughs> I do just want to learn how to teach it. Okay. Oh, also, you don't have to go to classes. Yeah, I don't have to go to classes, but also That's they good... teach you about, like, the body and how everything That's fits together. True. I want to, like, wake up in the morning and be like, oh, my left side of my neck hurts. I know yeah. exactly what like stretch to do. Or, Yes, or, like, I, I feel like I want to punch this. someone in the face. Like, what's the breathing <laughs> exercise I can do? Yeah, that's a good one. I just started doing bar classes, and they teach you a lot about, like, breathing and stuff, and I, and I love it. But yeah. it's hard. Yeah. It's so hard. I can't picture a time in my life when I have 200 hours to yeah, spare. Yeah, right? <laughs> but um, this is a, it is a goal. And then uh, I, I also want to, um, I'd love to learn, I, I love cooking. I'm, but I would love to like take a cooking class. Yeah, like, I'd love to good. just. And if it was in like Italy. Oh, that's even that better. Yeah. Or Singapore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've seen Crazy Rich Asians. Oh yeah. We, yes, yeah. I have seen yeah, Crazy no, Rich Asians. We I just, just, just want to go to Singapore to that food court yeah. or whatever, and then leave, and yeah. then eat, I and know. then leave. <laughs> I want to go to Japan. I want to go to Japan that's and just eat. Oh, Japan. I'm planning yeah. on going on my birthday. Oh, nice. That's so exciting. So our final question. We ask this to all of our guests. Is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it's an actor, producer, writer, or storyteller, that you think deserves more attention or ti- more time in the spotlight that isn't necessarily mainstream and is coming up in the industry that you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, there's actually a few. Yeah, yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Um, List them. There is, so um, when I was doing research for Atypical, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have somebody close to me who's autistic, but he is, it's a very different situation, mm-hmm. d- different age, different everything. Um, and so I, I did, I talked to lots of people and I watched podcasts and I listened to podcasts, watched YouTube videos, read books. And one of the books I read was this man, David Finch, wrote a book called Journal of Best Practices about mm-hmm. how he discovered that he was on the spectrum. And uh, I have since hired him as our consultant. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's amazing. And he's an author and he's, on the spectrum, and mm-hmm. I feel like there's this whole group of people who are autistic, but uh, autistic, but also with disabilities, who just have stories to tell that we don't hear a lot, yeah. and I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then my, she's gonna be so mad at me for mentioning her because she's <laughs> so shy, but my um, executive producer on my show, mm-hmm. I, I honestly, if you would ask me a couple of years ago what a non-writing producer does on a TV show, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, now I feel like I could never live without her. Her name is Mary Rolick. She's oh. half Japanese, half white. We talk about being biracial all the time. We t- she's the person who has helped me sort of figure out like how do we make a TV show that's beautiful and important and still everybody is healthy and happy and gets to see their families and go home yeah. and in, and it feels re- uh, revolutionary in that way. Right. I've worked in network TV for 12 and a half years and you would just stay there until people let you go at mm. 2 a.m. or whatever. You would just get sick and mm-hmm. people would die young. Yeah, it just sort of feels like you know, people behind the scenes like her, like him, who have things to say or who care about things in a different way are, are really, really important. Yeah. Um, and then we had, this year we had 10 episodes 
instead of eight. This mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. And seven of them were directed by women. Oh, good. Um, and <laughs> one of the women is Gita Patel, who, um, did you see that? Oh, uh, didn't it? Patel's? Oh, yes. She directed that. She directed one of our, one of my favorite of our episodes, episode four. Um, this season, and she's a voice that I yeah. think is just, I mean, she is sort of blowing up, but mm-hmm. I, I hope it Because they're making, a, I think they're making yeah, a Meet the Patels, they are. like, narrative yes. feature. Yeah. Yes. Oh, cool. Those yeah. are great names. Those yeah. are great names. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Yeah. This is a great talk. Great talk. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And, you know, season three, typical, you want to break that news? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but thank right. you so much for coming on. Thanks.